On behalf of Hospice of the Piedmont, welcome to a special episode of the E-Series, an educational podcast aimed at engaging our community, exploring relevant topics, and educating about ways to connect with our organization. Funding for the E-Series is provided by the Dr. John A. Lusk Fund for Hospice and Palliative Care Education. My name is Ryan Biagini, and I am your host. Today, we invite you to join us for a conversation with local community partners and representatives of our organization. Together, we will discuss the COVID-19 vaccine and how we are working together to develop innovative solutions to increase access to vaccination opportunities. Let's join the conversation. I'd like to welcome our first guest, Trent Cockrum. As the CEO of Hospice of the Piedmont, you have navigated the rough waters of this pandemic the past 16 months with great flexibility and forward thinking, ensuring the patients and families the organization serves continue to receive the care they need on the terms they choose. But could you tell us why Hospice of the Piedmont, an organization known for providing excellent end-of-life care, has chosen to engage with the distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine in our community? Sure. Hi, Ryan. Uh, Thanks for Uh, convening us all together here uh, today. You know, for our organization, um, it it is an interesting position for us, but one that we believe is responsive to a need and both responsible to the community. As a healthcare provider that is community supported, um, we believe we have a responsibility to help help further the health uh, and well-being needs of the community, which today uh, includes extending uh, the availability and access to COVID-19 vaccinations to populations that may have difficulty accessing it. Most notably, disparate communities, um, highly marginalized populations, or more specifically, individuals who have difficulty um, uh, uh, being outside of their home or are truly reliant upon individuals uh, to bring services to their home. We know that that's a national issue between two and four million uh, people nationally uh, over the age of 65 identify as as what we would call homebound, individuals who rely on uh, the services of others coming into their home to help them provide for their normal activity, uh, activities of daily living, like meals and things like that. And in North Carolina, estimates um, that could be as uh, that could be as much as 10% of the population over 65. And so in our local community even, that's a huge number. And that's likely more than any one health organization or any one Department of Public Health could actually reach or responsibly vaccinate. We are not the only option. That's why this collaboration that we have with the YWCA and with local uh, departments of public health is so very important. It sounds like it's been a great partnership though so far and I appreciate that, Trent. Uh, We'll come back to you uh, later in this conversation, but next uh, we'd like to speak with uh, Dr. Yulia Van, Health Director of the Guilford County Department of Public Health. Uh, Dr. Van, in in early June, Governor Cooper lifted many of the restrictions our state has endured due due to the pandemic, and it seems many people are beginning to return to some semblance of normalcy in their day-to-day activities. Uh, Could you speak to this transition back to normalcy and what we as the public could, could or should be doing to help this process? Yes, thank you, Ryan. Thank you for inviting me to the podcast and um, 
Thank you for this great question. Um, I believe that we have made some very encouraging strides toward returning to uh, some sort of normalcy or some sort of balance in our lives after a very um, difficult and challenging um, almost 16 months, 18 months now, um, we are seeing some very positive trends in our metrics here in Guilford County and in the triad as a whole. Uh, we're seeing less and less new cases every day that we have to respond to. Uh, we're seeing less outbreaks in nursing homes or skilled nursing facilities, as well as um, schools or other congregate settings. Uh, we talked a lot about positivity rate over the last year and a half. And in the last 14 days, we're at about 1.6, 1.5%, which is probably the lowest positivity rate that we have seen since um, April of last year. So a lot of work has been done in order for us to really move into this direction and for our um, state leadership to, to ease some of this, these restrictions. However, we still have a long way to go. Uh, we're looking every day at our vaccinations rates as well as our community spread indicators. And it is important to remember that we must continue to practice safe mitigation strategies such as uh, washing our hands and um, staying away from people that may be sick or around other individuals that uh, may have not received a vaccine just yet. Um, and still just do those um, safe safety measures. One of the reasons why we continue to um, promote some of these public health measures is that constant um, transformation of this virus. We hear a lot in the recent weeks about the Delta variant um, that has um, come to the surface um, initially in the United Kingdom, but most recently this Delta variant is really uh, replacing the majority of the other variants, not only in United Kingdom, but in United States and North Carolina as well. So why is it important to keep an eye out for, for this? Is because this particular mutation of the virus um, can have a higher transmissibility rate. So we are hearing some early reports that it can be up to 66% more transmissible than the other variants. We are also hearing some initial uh, reports about the intensity that the disease um, also presents itself with um, higher number of hospitalizations in some of the areas where now the Delta variant is predominant. And then we're also concerned about the rate or the, the effect that the vaccine is going to have um, towards this Delta variant because it could potentially have um, some um, slight decreased efficiency uh, with this particular strain. So we know that the vaccines continue to be very efficient and very safe, but yet we are concerned about this. Also, moving into the fall and the winter, just like we've seen last year, due to a variety of characteristics of the um, virus, and also our own personal unique characteristics, weather characteristics, we know that it is a high possibility that cases are going to increase. Everybody's anxious to get back to normal, to start a new school year with um, more normal practices. 
Um, and however, we cannot fully transition to this until a lot more of our population is vaccinated. We are seeing approximately 49, close to 50% of our community members here in Guilford County that have received at least one dose of vaccine um, and about 46% that are fully vaccinated. Uh, again, these are great numbers. Um, we have worked so hard over the last seven months to get here. Uh, we are doing very well compared to other states or other counties in North Carolina, but we know that our community can do better. We know that we can do better. Um, so we continue to have a lot of partnerships, spend a lot of efforts in eliminating vaccination barriers for our uh, residents. So we still focus a lot on our vaccines uh, because we know that they're going to really help us move towards that normalcy of our day-to-day -day activities. Hmm. So making great strides, but still a lot of work to do. Um, we're not out of the clear yet. And um, so, so maybe I'd ask if, if there were still members of our listening audience you know, suspect of or unsure about receiving the COVID vaccine, uh, what would you like to tell them? What would you want them to know? Sure. So I think that there are um, a few um, very important pillars that we want to focus on when we talk about the vaccines. First of all, the, the fact that they are safe and efficient, that millions of people in the United States and all over the globe have been already uh, vaccinated. Um, and these vaccines have been developed under the most intense safety measures that could exist in our, um, in our times. Uh, we also continue to um, promote the fact that there is a lot of misinformation out there and we want to make sure that we give our community members the opportunity to really learn about some of the the way that the vaccines have been um, created, the way that the pathway to deployment of the vaccines, as well as some of the myths that are out there that are completely um, non-founded. There is no scientific um, su uh, support for, uh, for some of this information, but we also want to, on the other hand, um, identify and um, also make our community members feel comfortable sharing some of their concerns with us and also uh, making them feel like it's okay to have conversations about the vaccines. It's okay to ask questions. We just need to make sure that we are addressing these in an appropriate way, that we are mindful and uh, receptive to their uh, concerns and that we are providing them with the best um, information that is out there. Uh, we know that there is no scientific information to support the fact that uh, the vaccines would um, provide infertility or um, other um, long-term uh, side effects. We also promote the fact that um, there is no evidence that there is tracking um, involved in the vaccines, that the ingredients that are being used for um, creating the vaccines are not going to give you COVID-19 illness, um, that if there's any type of 
uh, reaction is truly your immune system um, helping fight the, the virus moving forward. Um, so we have used several different ways to address this. Uh, I'm sure Giselle is going to talk a little bit more about our campaign, but also using social media, and some of the traditional media to share this information. We have engaged um, some non-traditional um, ways to address some of these concerns through influencers and working with uh, micro and nano influencers in our community, uh, working with our faith-based communities where people really trust um, those um, affiliations and they trust and they um, uh, listen to uh, the message coming out of those groups um, in a variety of other ways to, to really try to put this message out there in promoting um, the fact that the vaccines are safe, efficient, and that we would be more than happy to um, answer any concerns that anybody has um, around this. We have, uh, we have some um, absolutely amazing success stories in our education efforts in which individuals that were not going to get the vaccine um, and the, the VaxConnect team in High Point were able to answer all of their questions and uh, do so in a very mindful and respectful way um, made those particular individuals change their minds and actually schedule appointments to get the vaccine. So this is hard work is um, very um, time consuming and effort consuming, but it's all worth it at the end of the day. Yes, and I appreciate you sharing all that. It actually tracks perfectly with previous E-series we've been having uh, kind of regarding the value of education and influencers and faith leaders and kind of taking a village to reaching our community with this information. And uh, so I appreciate that uh, very much, Dr. Van. Our next guest, Giselle Monsi, is the director of the Latino Family Center of the YWCA of High Point and project coordinator of the local VaxConnect pilot program. Giselle, could you tell us about the work VaxConnect that Dr. Van just referenced uh, that you guys are doing in our community? Absolutely, and thank you so much for having me today. I'm so glad to be back um, with you guys. Um, but just to kind of piggyback off of what Dr. Van shared, um, over the past, I wanna say two months maybe, um, we have been working in High Point. Um, we have put together a team um, and this started kind of, a, of an idea because, you know, Dr. Van kind of, I think you started the idea, if I'm not mistaken, and it just kind of snowballed, right? Um, and it became this project where, you know, we weren't sure what we were doing. We were literally just building the plane as we were flying it. Um, but we said, you know, we're all, we're all hands on deck, we're all in, and so let's just try it. Um, and some of the partnerships that we've had, we've had um, the Guilford County um, Health Department, the City of High Point, Foundation of Healthy High Point, the Hayden Harmon Foundation, um, the YWCA, and even you guys. And we pretty much what the Vax Connect program is, is we're canvassing. We're going door to door. Um, and we have specific areas that we are targeting where we're literally just knocking on doors. And we have a team of three people plus volunteers um, that go out pretty much almost every day, if not like, I wanna say like five times a week, um, at different times, different days, um, you know, we, we're trying it all. Um, and we knock on doors and all we're doing is just, we're offering information to the community. We're not selling, we're not pressuring, we're not saying like, you have to do this. 
we're literally just answering questions and our mission or our job, our purpose is mainly to remove barriers. Um, so like if they don't have a ride, we're there to, pr to provide, you know, like to sign up to get the vaccine. We're there to answer any questions. We're there to um, inform and sometimes educate. Um, my Vax connectors or my team of um, that go out and knock on doors, they've all were trained by Dr. Van. So they're very, very knowledgeable. Um, and like Dr. Van shared, when I tell you that they're knowledgeable, that they know what they're talking about, they've knocked on multiple doors where, I mean, they're literally pulling out every single question out of their sleeves from conspiracy to magnetism to like, you name it. I mean, even religion was thrown in there and they'll answer without hesitation, right? But in, in a very respectful way, way, not arguing, not with a, you know, like, oh, I'm right and you're wrong, nah. And, at, and every time, you know, they just kind of say like the information is here you know, when you're ready and if you want to, you can go ahead and make an appointment, you can call us or, you know, pass it on, right? Um, and they'll they'll go knock on multiple doors and then when they're walking back to their car, they'll get stopped and they'll say like, you know what, you've answered all of our questions and just the way that you carry yourself and, and the confidence and everything, we wanna make an appointment and we wanna go get vaccinated. And it is, to me, it's just a, a, a testimony of their work. I mean, it's, they go out there every day with a great disposition, um, you know, and whether the person, you know, because when you knock on their door, you know, like we literally have like 30 seconds before they're like, yes, no, thank you. You know, some people don't want to talk about it. And some people are like, oh, yeah, and they'll tell you their life story. Right. Um, and so it's been interesting, but it's just it's been great to see. Um, it's been great for for the community to see because, you know, we're wearing our orange shirts and we're, you know, typically carrying a little wagon and we're putting little like door hangers. Um, and, and even like as cars go by, they're like, who are you guys? Like, what are you doing? What are you selling? You know, we're like, we're not selling anything. We're just, you know, sharing information. Um, and so, and just to speak a little bit about the difference that it's, that it is making um, a few days or maybe about a week ago, um, Dr. Steven Seals out of UNCG shared with us some statistics um, for one of the parcels um, that we were working here in High Point. Um, he shared a few statistics that, you know, of the vaccination rate. The parcel that we were working, that my team was working was parcel 142. Um, and that parcel was 37%. Um, it was five times higher um, than the surrounding areas. Um, and so that right there, I mean, when I tell you, like I was ecstatic, mm -hmm. it works, right? Yes. It's probably like, you know, you don't think about it, but you know, yeah, we're knocking on doors, but it's making a difference because we're getting people that a, some people don't have cars and they can't right? other people, they're living life, they're working, they're busy. And they're not thinking about like, I need to go get vaccinated. Right. So we're bringing the information to them. We're seeing that for some people, this is the first time that they're actually talking about the, you know, the, the virus and that they're talking about the vaccine and, and, and the effects or, you know, and now all of a sudden they're not just thinking about themselves, they're thinking about their family, right? We have people that they're like, we have a family and friends and this and that, can I share this information? Yes, right? Um, we're seeing people that are, you know, like you said, Trent, homebound, that we, you know, that they're like, oh my gosh, my mother has been at home and I can't do anything about it. I'm so glad that you guys are offering this, right? Because we are, we're not only just making appointments for them to go get the vaccine, but if they need somebody to come into them, we can do that. If they need transportation, we can do that. 
whatever the, the barrier is, we're trying to remove. Whatever the hesitation, we're trying to like, you know, figure out, okay, what, let's talk about it. What's going on, right? So it's mainly about information and building trust. Yeah, so the, and the value of, you know, opening up the conversation that has been maybe intimidating or uh, full of fear or unknowns um, and at the, in the comfort of their own doorway <laughs> at that. Um, you, you reference a few barriers that you guys have been able to address and have, have encountered. Uh, what other roadblocks would you say you and your team have faced or are, are trying to iron out as this pilot program continues? So, you know, because we, this is such a brand new program and, you know, and, and I tell my team, I'm like, you know, it's trial and error and we, it, they've been very flexible and every day brings a different challenge. Every day brings a new concern. Um, and I think right now, as of today, um, the heat is the number one barrier. Um, it can get very hot out there. So I always tell them, let's not pass out of a heat stroke. You know, we don't have to go, you know, that extreme. Right. Um, so I would say the heat is number one, but outside of that, um, you know, we're talking language, um, you know, we're hitting areas, you know, where is, um, we're, we're hitting areas where it's, we get all kinds of things. So, you know, it can be that they don't speak the language and this is not just like, we're talking English and Spanish, like we're hitting areas that now it's like, you know, we're getting dialects or, you know, different, uh, nationalities that perhaps we just we don't have the language. And so like that presents itself. Now we do have ways to, um, to solve that, right? But so we're talking about heat, we're talking language, we're talking mistrust, right? Some people sometimes they're like, I don't know who you are. I don't, mm -mm, I don't care to talk about it. You know, um, erroneous information, right? Like Dr. Van kind of shared earlier a little bit, um, you know, lack of information or, you know, the conspiracy, I heard this, I heard that, right? Like the tracking and, you know, like we, they, they hear it all and they see it all, right? Hesitancy, a lot of them, they're like, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna wait a little bit longer. You know, I just, I don't know how I feel about this, um, you know, and, but even within that, like you also see, you know, maybe sometimes the, the person is just so busy and the vaccine um, times don't really work with their schedule. Um, and so it, it's a variant of things um, and, you know, and we're trying to mitigate, you know, of ways that we can, you know, help the person go get the vaccine, right? We're like, well, at what time are you available, right? And we try to work the pieces. And, and, and so it's been pretty nice to be able to help those individuals. And, and oftentimes, I want to say that nine out of 10 times, the reason why these people are getting vaccinated is because my team is there for them because they found a person they trust. They were able to get all their questions answered. Um, and even though there's a little bit of like, you know, like I'm scared, I don't know, that we've gotten people, we've gotten calls that they're like, today's my vaccine, can you like hype me up, right? Um, kind of thing, right? Where they're, they're really like, and at first I was like, no way. And they're like, yeah, like, you know, like they, they just want that reassurance, right? right. So it's just that reassurance. And so, um, you know, it's, there's already, uh, you know, there, there's already some kind of level of distrust, you know, in different communities, right? Um, and the fact that we're there and that because that we're the reason that they're getting vaccinated, not because of me, they're not getting vaccinated because of my team, but because they were able to answer their questions or fears, you know, they were able to see like, okay, yes, th this is important, right? Or maybe it's important, I just don't have the time or the resources or the means. 
um, and for them to to be able to to be the answer to a lot of their you know challenges or mm-hmm. you know barriers it, it just it, it makes a difference um, and and also it's not just my team but like my volunteers um, and and David has been a, a, an amazing volunteer with us he's just been one of many that have come out to to volunteer and you know and they every time they they always we get emails and you know and, and the feedback is always like wow like it is incredible to see the work that is being put as a labor of love really um, from the community um, and to see, you know, and, and we've gotten doors that, you know, you'll get some rude people and, you know, you, you kind of get like, it, it's a Pandora's box, right? But for the most part, everybody has been very, very responsive in a positive way. Even when they're not interested, you know, you'll get one or two that are like left field, but for the most part, they're just like, no, thank you. Like, bye, you know, and keep on, you know, move on. So it's been very positive um, and it works. So like, and Dr. Van has, she's been, you know, we sit in the same meetings and, and I'm half of the time, I'm like, guys, I have a new story, right? So yeah, I'll stop talking now. Right. Well, you, you mentioned uh, your volunteers and I know they're a big part of this program. Is there anything you would like our listening audience to know about the program, maybe in particular how they could get involved themselves? Yeah, absolutely. So we do have um, a link link tree where we have all of our signups, videos, our trainings. Um, You know, we rely on our volunteers. Um, One of the things that I'm really big with my team is that nobody can go out canvassing by themselves. So there's always, they always have the buddy system. They're always in pairs or in threes. Um, And we rely on our volunteers because the more people we have on our team, the more doors we can knock and, and the more um, information we can give out and the more ground we cover. Um, and so if anyone is interested in volunteering and when I say volunteering, like I said, we're not selling, we're not trying to convince, we're not trying to pressure anyone into doing anything that they don't want to. Our job, our purpose is just to educate, to give the information and let them decide, right? And if they say yes, great, we're here for you. Um, and so really it's just how it's being there as a support is being there as a testimony to the vaccine and, and say how it's helped or, you know, or their families and why they got vaccinated. Um, it's just, it's, it's nothing, you know, like nothing out of this world, nothing that you wouldn't do with a friend, with a family member. Um, I, I know like for me, I still have family members that are still hesitant about it. And I'm just like, okay, you know, I have this conversation every day, you know, um, and it's no different than you having a conversation with a friend saying like, Hey, why haven't you? And what's, holding you up and what do you need, you know? So, but I can share that link with you guys and you guys can give it out. Um, yes, that'd be great. I appreciate it. We'll get, we'll, uh, when we wrap up, we'll have um, some information about folks who want to follow up and get a little bit more um, information, whether it be about volunteering or about the vaccine, vaccine itself. Uh, so thank you very much, Giselle. Um, I know that our own organization, as you mentioned, has appreciated the opportunity to engage with VaxConnect. Uh, specifically David Karin, uh, Vice President of Community Engagement and Education, who's currently been volunteering with the program. Uh, David, could you tell us what your experience has been like volunteering with VaxConnect thus far? Sure, Ryan. Uh, It has been a tremendous experience. First of all, just being out among people again after this past year that we've (laughs) been through being cut off from the world. What better way to be out engaged in community neighborhoods 
then helping to educate them and share a way to help keep them healthy. And especially with this new uh, Delta variant that's come into play, you know, it's, it's even more important now. Um, so yes, myself and one of our Hospice of the Piedmont volunteers, Pat Anderson, uh, we have been volunteering on a weekly basis. She usually takes a morning shift each week and I usually do a late afternoon shift. And um, just, I'll back up what Giselle was saying. The, the team that they have put together with Annie, Dalton and Elizabeth, the connectors that, uh, that we go out with as volunteers, they do a tremendous job. They have the perfect personalities for these uh, the roles that they are in. Um, they are very respectful to everyone uh, that we meet. And, you know, it's these neighborhoods that we're canvassing, most of the people are very respectful and open to, to talking with us about it. Um, there's been very few people that have, you know, and, and even if they don't want the vaccine and some of them say, no, I don't want it and I don't want to talk about it, but they're not rude or anything about it. They pretty much just, you know, but we, we give each one of them, regardless of if they sign up with us that day uh, for the vaccine, we give them a goodie bag that contains items from the Guilford County Department of Public Health. And, um, there's educational materials in there. And Giselle was right. We have people that, you know, we will, we leave these at every single home, regard if they're not at home, uh, one is left at their front door. Even if they tell us they've already received the vaccine, we give them one of the bags, tell them uh, the contact number is in there if they have friends or family. And sometimes you can see the light go off in their head when you know, they may have already received theirs, but they'll start thinking of family members or friends. Oh, I'll pass this on to them. So, you know, each home is getting one of these uh, educational bags. And sometimes these neighborhoods we're in, you know, we will leave a bag and it, it may be someone that says, no, I'm not interested in, in receiving it right now. And, and, you know, we'll ask them, do they have concerns or why? And sometimes they'll share with you and sometimes not but we'll leave the information with them and then we'll head on down the street. Sometimes it'll be an hour and a half, two hours later, we're coming back up the other side of the street to where we had originally parked. And just recently, a, a few weeks ago, there was a lady that uh, we had left one of the bags with. She was waiting on her front porch when we came back up the street. She had looked over the information in the, in the bag and because we had answered her questions, she had, Look, read over the information that was in the bag, she decided she wanted to sign up and get her vaccine. Wow. And, you know, we're sharing with them, um, you know, if they tell us that they've already received it, you know, we say, well, do you mind if we ask where? Because we're trying to capture that information too. Uh, a lot of them have been to the Greensburg Coliseum, to those clinics or their local Walgreens. Uh, some neighborhoods, you can tell if it's a large veteran po population because a lot of those people have been to the VA and, and received theirs there. Um, but, you know, we will ask those questions and, and they're very ready to share that uh, with us. And um, so it's, I'm glad to be, a, have been a part of it. Um, I think it's a great educational opportunity, regardless of if they decide. And hopefully, uh, I know from talking with Dalton and Elizabeth, they say that you know, several people do call in later 
and make those appointments. But when we share that the, the local clinic that we're registering people for is over at the former Ocala Mall in the community center for High Point University, um, they have the clinic set up there on Wednesdays and Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And they have, a, they have all three vaccines available. So some people um, seem interested when you tell them that they have a choice of which vaccine they can right. receive. Uh, that, that seems to, to be of interest to them. So, um, so yes, it's, it's a tremendous community outreach and educational opportunity. Um, I, I think it's been a, a great project for myself and, and definitely our organization to be a part of. Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, so while you've been out in the field, what would you say has been your, the most challenging, maybe the most challenging moment uh, um, or, and maybe the most rewarding? What's been the most rewarding part of your role? Okay, um, probably the people that don't understand, you know, that have, have their concerns about the vaccine and, and the stories that they've heard. And, you know, a lot of times there's no uh, valid answer to, to some of the things that they imagine that's connected to the vaccine. Uh, you just try to, uh, to talk them through it. Um, there's some people that it's just simply because it's a shot. They do not like shots of any kind. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's a basic reality. So, um, you know, those are probably some of the challenges. I, I think the most rewarding is when you do have, it, we ha have had entire families that it's almost like when we start talking about it, they're in their doorway and they turn around and they start inviting other family members over to be part of the conversation. And you end up signing up three, four, maybe even five of them all at one time. And it's almost like they're excited that someone came by and is giving them the opportunity to do this and set this up for them. Mm. Um, so it, it's a great service um, to these to these communities and neighborhoods, and even being able to offer the opportunity. You know, if they don't have transportation, we can arrange that and provide that for them. If uh, if it is a, a senior adult or someone with health conditions that they're not able to leave their home and would need someone to come in and provide that vaccine, you know, we have the ability to do that now. So um, that that makes you feel good when you, you know, when you know that you are helping people stay healthy and, and going forward through whatever faces this uh, with the next round of this pandemic. Hmm. Thank you for that, David. And, and, you know, speaking of being able to provide um, the homebound uh, with a vaccine, let's, let's talk with Beth Taylor, uh, Hospice of the Piedmont's Vice President of Quality and Compliance. Beth, since Hospice of the Piedmont has become a credentialed vaccine provider, you have been working very closely with the organization's nursing staff who have volunteered their time to, to provide those individuals in our community in need of receiving vaccines in their homes. Is there a story from the field you could highlight that would sum up this experience for the nurses involved thus far? Yeah, thanks, Ryan, and thanks for inviting me to this great conversation. So as you said, we've had several nurses volunteer to administer vaccines to homebound individuals. Um, one nurse in particular has been incredibly enthusiastic about it, and she's really been the primary person visiting homes to give the vaccines. 
So, you know, for nearly 16 months, our nursing staff have been out there serving in high risk situations, right? So I'm sure it, it feels gratifying to them to have an opportunity to be a part of the solution to help in this pandemic. And there, as far as stories go, there are so many, but I think the one experience that really resonates with me and really does capture the essence of this whole project is that first time that Hospice of the Piedmont went out to give vaccines to individuals in their home. So the day prior, I remember calling to let people know that we'd be coming out and we were scheduling some appointment timeframes with them. And the people were just so appreciative that we would be bringing the vaccine to them because they hadn't had a way to get it until now, right? Mm -hmm. And one patient even asked if we could vaccinate his wife. Um, she's his full-time caregiver and hadn't had an opportunity to leave him. She couldn't leave him long enough to go get her own vaccine. So we said, absolutely. We added the wife to our list. And then they began to share with us that they hadn't been able to visit with their family in over a year because the family was afraid they would bring them the illness and didn't want to make them sicker. And so the prospect that they would finally get to visit with family was super exciting for them. Mm. So just that piece of it was just, we hadn't even done anything yet. We were just talking on the phone to these folks. And then the following morning, the first time, I guess our maiden voyage, if you will, we were all a little bit nervous and we were all checking and double checking to make sure that we had all of the steps right for assessment for administration. We wanted to make sure we had all the patient handouts, all the cold packs to keep the vaccine cold for at the right temperature for the road. We had emergency kits in case something went wrong, just everything we could think of. And part of the anxiety is that these homebound individuals are already medically complex. So there's this concern about a heightened risk of reaction and how do we respond if that happens? And we worked all of that out and we had everything together. We were overly prepared and our nurse, um, Doris, left the office and she set out on her mission. And about an hour in, we were all just anxiously awaiting to hear from her. So I texted her just to ask, is everything okay? And I got back a thumbs up emoji. <laughs> And so, okay, I texted her again a little while later just to let her know that I'm acknowledging the thumbs up and hopeful that she'd give me a little bit more because we were all sitting on the edge of our seats <laughs> in anticipation. <laughs> um, finally, Doris got finished with all of the folks she was vaccinating and made her way back to the office. And she had so much to say. Just every single person that she vaccinated was so appreciative. She shared how incredibly meaningful it was to her to be able to do something to combat this pandemic and how overwhelmingly positive the response was. And so it's that, that positivity. It's that feeling like you're part of a much bigger community of healthcare workers. Mm -hmm. You're not just doing what you do every day in this business, but you're actually working to end COVID-19. Even in the simplest way, if it's one vaccine at a time, in a patient's home, meeting folks where they are, that first day really helped all of us that were involved understand that we're making a difference and we're doing it in a meaningful way. 
we're taking something that we're experts at, which is home care, mm-hmm. and we're marrying that with this need for vaccines and homes within our community. That's an experience, and mm-hmm. that's something that we're proud to be a part of and excited. That's powerful, Beth. Thanks. I appreciate you sharing that, and I appreciate Doris sharing it, and finally offering more than a thumbs up because that is really special. It's those types of stories that make programs like this way more worth it uh, than we know. And, you know, braving the heat and the unknown and all those things. Uh, So thank you for sharing that. And uh, to wrap up our conversation today, I'd I'd love to go back to you, Trent. Um, Do you have any parting thoughts that you'd like to share with us um, as we close this discussion? I'm not sure that my thoughts are are going to be nearly as impactful as the stories that Giselle, David, and Beth shared, or as informative as the the information that Dr. Van shared. But what I will say is this, um, you know, as I've had a ringside seat to this conversation, um, I know that we as an organization understand how to provide incredibly complex care in the home. It's what we've done for nearly 40 years. More importantly, though, Our mission is really simple. We connect individuals to the care they need on the terms they choose. And I couldn't be more appreciative of the unique collaboration that we have with our local departments of public health, with Dr. Van, with the Vax Connect program, with folks like Giselle Monsi and the YWCA, and many other partner organizations across the entire Piedmont Triad with with whom we're working to help us fulfill that mission as it relates to doing our part in belonging to something truly big. I mean, this is probably one of the largest things that any of us will ever live through, the most significant health events of our entire lives. And for us to be a part of the solution as an organization, I think is incredibly gratifying. And, but more importantly, I think it is our shared responsibility as a community supported nonprofit healthcare provider, that we have a responsibility to help shoulder that burden. And we're happy to do that. Thank you for joining us for this special episode of the E-Series as we discussed our collaboration efforts with local community partners to develop innovative solutions to increase access to COVID-19 vaccination opportunities. Hospice of the Piedmont is a credentialed vaccination provider. If you are interested in information about vaccine opportunities for homebound individuals, please call 336-878-7433 or visit www.hospiceofthepiedmont.org backslash vaccine. Looking forward to our next installment of the E-Series. Join us for a new series of conversations around the intersection of faith and health. CEO Trent Cockrum will sit down with local faith community leaders to discuss how faith and spirituality often inform an individual's perspective of their own healthcare decisions and how they care for others. We'll explore different avenues which connect ideas of faith and health and how they are closely related. Until then, I'm Ryan Biagini, and this has been the E-Series.